Thank you for joining us for this episode of Journey Now, produced by Journey Church in Brentwood, Tennessee. For more information on Journey Church and our gatherings, visit journeytn.com. Welcome to another Journey Now podcast. This is Kevin, and I'm here with Mike and Susie, and we are continuing our conversation from last week where we talked about uh, the Upside Down Kingdom and the book that we're kind of referring to and working off of is was written by Donald Craybill. And if you get a chance to buy that, pick it up, it's called The Upside Down Kingdom. Surprisingly so. Shocking. And uh, say hi, Mike. Hello. <laughs> and Susie. Hi. Yeah. So we had, uh, or I had hoped that we could do a couple of uh, introductory podcasts. Last week we talked about um, how the world builds kingdoms yep. around three pr- primary ways, uh, political power, religious power, and then third, economic power. And uh, we see that play out in our world all the time. It's how we amass our, our power and our structures uh, around the world. It's how cultures are built. And so Jesus comes on the scene and he says, yeah, I'm going to reject all of that <laughs> and I'm going to teach you a new way. Mm-hmm. You've heard it said this, I'm going to tell you this. And, mm-hmm. and so he, in essence, turns the world upside down in his approach to building a kingdom. And so we enter into then that relationship with Jesus and he invites us into the kingdom. The kingdom, as you've been saying, Mike, on Sundays, came close, comes <laughs> close. So... It, it would be helpful, I think, at this point to explain what that means. Yeah. And then we are going to launch into how, um, even in the Upside Down Kingdom, uh, we see the, um, how economics work. And we'll, oh, we'll totally. Talk, we'll talk about that yeah. in the next Absolutely. few minutes here. So, so kingdom, um, Jesus will use the phrase kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven. John will use the phrase eternal life. They're all referring to the same reality. The Old Testament ends not with the question, how are we going to forgive all these sinners and get them to heaven? (laughs) The Old Testament ends with the question, well, now that Israel is corrupt um, and forfeit its witness to the nations, how will God continue to his reclamation project of Mm -hmm. the whole earth? And, um, And so we get hints of kingship, of God's kingship, um, all throughout, even beginning in in Genesis, um, when God is presented as sort of a creative, artistic king who speaks and rules out of, uh, brings order out of chaos. Um, We as image bearers have this share in this royal vocation. He is declared king in Exodus 15 after the uh, the parting of the Red Sea, and 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 even is rejected as king when right. the Israelites ask for a human king. So, when Jesus br- brings this idea of the kingdom of heaven has drawn near, drawn near, the kingdom is the combination of a king forming a community who lives under the goodness of the king's reign. And what Jesus is announcing when he says this to a Jewish audience is that all of the Old Testament promises that Yahweh will return to his people, his temple, and his world in power are now becoming true in the person of Jesus of Nazareth. Right. So this was not only a message, but it was a reality Mm -hmm. that Jesus was attesting to uh, that he was bringing into the world. Right. And he was doing it in a way that was contrary Always. to the way that the world would go about it. Yeah. And he rejected those means by which to do so. He That's rejected right. the redo of the Jewish 
faith. He rejected the political power that he could have, and he rejected doing it through economics. That's right. And yet, um, he talks about money all the time. Mm -hmm. So one of his favorite conversations is, or I don't know if it's favorite, but definitely was, <laughs> uh, I think, overtly part of the conversation of the kingdom of God is how does he, the economics work in the kingdom of God? Well, what's, what's fascinating, to your point, Kevin, is this kingdom reality for us and Americans thousands of years later, it's been reduced to accepting Jesus in your heart or having private devotion with Jesus. Mm -hmm. But in its announcement, it had... Um, it had political implications, it had economic implications, and it had religious implications. Yeah. And so it was not another kind, it was not another of uh, the worldly kingdoms that are already on offer. As you say, it was a completely different, you take the values of the human kingdoms, flip them upside down, and then you get the values of Jesus. Yeah. But the but but very rarely do we consider outside of religious tithing right. that um, the kingdom announcement of Jesus had really profound implications for our right. Um, economics. Right. And, and we see that as he engaged with people in conversation. How do I enter the kingdom of God? Well, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and mm -hmm. you... And, Whoa, 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 whoa. Right. That isn't how it works in the right. world. You don't do that. Mm -hmm. right. And so there's this, this continual engagement with Jesus along lines that people just didn't get. Mm -hmm. And part of, part of the history of this, part of the history of Israel, is this idea of economics. When people talk about economics, and, and I've heard people tell me, well, capitalism is the way that uh, is obviously the biblical answer to the question of what economics were. And I'm like, I don't think so. How do they, how do they come to that conclusion? Uh, cause it's American and America is a Christian nation. It's not really through a scriptural, but there's nothing in scripture that they point to when they say something they, like they that. They would say the right to own property, Okay. the right to self-determination. Mm. Um, yeah. the proverb that would say, if you do not, you know, if you do not uh, work, you shall not eat. Right. Paul's admonition Paul, yeah. to Timothy about, yeah. you know, yeah. they're lazy, don't feed Not them. Being right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that yeah, yeah. that's where you would get some some okay. of those yeah. And that's true in every culture actually. Mm -hmm. Every every economic system for the most part. Um but um so we find ourselves here. And so we look back, we look at the Old Testament and we ask a question, what was in the law? And the law revolved around seven-year cycles. Mm -hmm. And um part of the seven-year cycle was is that um, uh, we were, they were to, the Jewish people were to work for six years and let the land rest for a seventh year. Right. And God would provide in the sixth year. So there was this, there's this, and they called that the sabbatical year. Yeah. So, which is so genius, Kev, because you have creation in six days and mm -hmm. rest. Mm -hmm. Then you have the humans invited to follow that. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, six days and then rest. Yeah. And that's a Sabbath a week. Yeah. And then and then there's this, well, let's do Sabbath years. So yes. every seventh, and even the manna story, right? You yeah. were to have enough for six days and God would right. provide twice the amount on the sixth day to last you yep. till the, the the renewed week. And so this this beautiful picture begins in God's nature yeah. and gets extended into econom the economic enterprise of Israel. Right. And so it also this the, were you going to say something? Well, I was really? just going to say that required that must have required a lot of trust because I think about how difficult it is just to 
to allow myself to rest on the seven every day. seven days and <laughs> then if i'm gonna rest every seven years and then also let the land that feeds me and provides for me rest mm-hmm. for a whole year right. and not do anything or produce anything right or i won't make it produce anything i just have to trust that it's going to grow something for me to eat right yeah that's well, that's that's intense <laughs> but that was the yeah and that that's the idea behind Mm-hmm. this sabbatical year but it wasn't mm-hmm. just letting the land rest mm-hmm. there were other principles at play um and and part of the culture was if you couldn't afford your bills or you couldn't you would be sold into slavery and so at the end of that six-year period of time on the seventh year this the jewish slaves would be freed they would be allowed to go mm-hmm. without paying anything now granted i i'm sure in the economic system that people would go, okay, I only get you for three more years, so this is the only part, you know. So there's a degree of measurement mm-hmm. of years. And so was it all, like, was everyone on the same cycle? So if I mm-hmm. couldn't pay it my was... bills and I got sold into slavery, mm-hmm. but I would be in, like, a four or yeah. year four yeah. or five, I would only have to serve for three years before Correct. I would right. but then, But then the cost um, would be measured against that. So there are all sorts of commands... That that will say things like you know if you if you do X and there are only so many more years left until the seventh year then you will pay that much less for whatever X turned out to be. Hmm. Yeah, they they figured out how the system worked. Yeah, right. But you couldn't. The idea behind the the sabbatical year for Jewish people was you cannot be continually enslaved. You cannot continually, ongoingly be impoverished. Hmm. You are you're given your autonomy back. It is it's redemption. It's mm. and the and the economy worked around that, not in spite right. of that. Right. And so it's not only that, it was also, you know, it was such an agricultural community that it was all about and, and so owning land was the big piece. And sometimes you had to give up your land because your debts were so high. But the at the end of a seven year seven Seven, seven, seven cycles years. of the seven years. So on the fiftieth year, you'd get your land back. Your land mm-hmm. would go back to your family. Mm-hmm. So you, there was there was no perpetual mm-hmm. sense of, and it also infused into the economy what you were saying just a minute ago. Trust it infused into the economy that this really is God's economy. Mm-hmm. Well, and I would think too, to some degree, it would infuse trust among people. Yeah. Because it, it also valued the humans. Yeah. It valued the humans in ways differently than just somebody to take advantage of. Right. Um, somebody that was a day worker probably was a day worker because they lost their land mm-hmm. or they lost something or there was. And, and so, but what we don't know really is how, um, <laughs> how well the Israelites practiced this. Yeah. We have no record of them doing a year of Jubilee. So that didn't mean they didn't. Right. Yeah, it just means the, it's not recorded. Right. That they gave the That's land so back. That's so interesting. Yeah. There was there is recordings of people being set free on the seventh mm-hmm. year. There's recordings of laying the land rest, all those things, but not they wasn't let's just say they didn't relig- religiously keep these <laughs> principles. Be- Shocking. <laughs> because because it 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 kept people from amassing yeah. and being dominant. It you couldn't amass a whole bunch of land because mm-hmm. it would revert back. You couldn't have all these slaves because they were set free. Mm-hmm. You couldn't, you just couldn't. Yeah. So rich people became 
less like there's there was, was a cap yes yeah. it was yeah it was a salary cap yeah yeah well so, and i would imagine too if you somehow figured out a way to work the system and you started amassing you would mm-hmm. it would be frowned upon by the greater community like there would be a lot of shame on that because it would be very clear that you weren't abiding by the law right but here's the problem right the problem was is that the the people of the day, in Jesus' day, when he arrives on the scene, saw the rich people as the blessed people. Hmm. They were the ones that God smiled upon. They were the ones that had the access to heaven because of their wealth was an indication of their favor with God. And so that's why when the conversation around money happens with people, when Jesus says it's is hard for a rich man to get in heaven as, a need, as it is for a, need, a camel to pass through the eye of a needle, the, the disciples don't go, oh, that, that's profound. They go, well, then who gets to go to heaven, <laughs> <laughs> right? There is this, that's the, that's the economic upside down piece of what Jesus is saying. It isn't about your wealth. So there's a there's a ten, so how does that carry how do you how does that carry over into a um, American version of capitalism like where there's no there's no jubilee law there's no sabbatical year law there's no setting the slaves free um, moment how does that carry over because that's really what when we start talking about the kingdom of God drawing near. Mm-hmm. Once you start reading, you guys can chime in any time on that. I'm thinking. Okay. Okay. Well, what's fascinating is the early church did not wait for economic instructions to realize the implications economically of declaring that Jesus had been risen from the dead. Right. So instantly in the book of Acts, we, we hear, we, we see them sharing possessions and the rich selling land and giving it to the... To the poor, we see justice systems in place to care for widows. Um, so, so it was very clear uh, because it had been ingrained in them that the the idea that politics, religion, and, and economics were separate entities would never have entered their mind. It was all wrapped up into the same yeah. reality. Right. And so, very instantly, the followers of Jesus, yeah, they don't wait for jubilee laws or Sabbath yeah. years. Right. They just instantly lean into oh, care for the poor. Yeah. So one of the ways that that gets drug into 21st century America is we have a lot of debate over whether justice is part of the gospel or not. And what we mean by justice are typically um, ways in which we help care for the poor, the marginalized, the oppressed. And there are some people that say that's not a gospel issue um, and we should just be saving souls. And to those people, we would just simply say, Saving souls, <laughs> Jesus wants to save bodies too, which yeah. is um, very clear in the grand narrative of the scripture. But the other thing is simply that the the following of Jesus and the forming of community life in relationship to his reign does have economic consequences that don't um, adjust or fit in nicely with the capitalistic sort of enterprise that we've all right. been raised to believe is kind of the best system. Yeah. You know, so you have mm-hmm. all of the sharing you have. And, and, and people will read that and go like, oh, that's communism. That's reading something back in the text. For them, it was simply caring for the poor. Right. Well, is it socialism, though? 
They would never have used those language. Well, I know they wouldn't, but today, I mean, that's like a big topic of conversation today, particularly among people in the church, right? So what does socialism mean as you're using it? Well, that's what I'm asking you. Like, I'm asking you that question. (laughs) I don't know enough to know what is properly socialistic I mean, I don't know what's proper. Like, I mean, I'm not going to say what the exact definition is because I don't actually know. But my understanding of it is that everybody is meant to be cared for. That it, you know, there's... Right. There is a cap and that the poor get get cared for by the money that the wealth amass also. Yeah. And but it, there's problems with that also. Sure, because there's always corruption in right. in those things. And but a socialistic economy revolves around the um, idea that the government more regulates the businesses, whereas in a capitalistic society the mm-hmm. market regulates, regulates but they didn't have the government regulating at them. all. It was just the nope. law that was right. that they were following because of their devotion to God. Right. It, it's supposedly. the it's the integration. This is where the religion and mm-hmm. law and society and culture all intertwined. Israel yeah. was supposed to be significantly different. So part of being significantly different was to introduce the idea that as a nation. You don't keep your people enslaved to you. You mm-hmm. let them go after X amount of time. People don't lose their property forever. They only lose it for 50 It was mm-hmm. It was meant as an economic restart. It was meant to give people in the worst of conditions a chance yeah. to, to not perpetually be in that. And, and in a socialistic society... That isn't the, what basically they're doing in a socialistic society is providing a bare minimum, a basement of this is mm-hmm. the worst it can get. This is as bad as it'll yeah. get for you. Because we provide universal health care. We make, <laughs> make sure you're housed. We make sure you're fed. And, and, and that's where the government plays that role. Um, but it's, it's separate from any religious connotation. This is where... This is where the struggle comes, right, Suze? Is that you end up with people connecting dots between, um, we, we use the word separation of church and state. We wouldn't, right. put, we wouldn't put those together. In, in uh, the UK, they do. They put those things together. The church and the state are combined. Mm-hmm. And so, but then what happens is, is that the state or the government, the socialistic government, takes over roles where the early church was actually doing that stuff. Yeah. So they they provide for the poor. They provide housing. They provide what they need. So mm-hmm. there isn't a need for the church, the religious structure, to step into that space. So when you have a society like ours that is more... You Capitalistic. Know, well, yeah, and also there's many different faiths and religion, and yeah. some not at all. You can't necessarily have that driven by the church. Correct. But is, your, is the topic... Well... <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, like we can we can talk about this in multiple different ways. Like we can right. say, like, well, what's the church's responsibility? What's our role as believers, right. as people who have that understanding of God's heart for His people? Right. And then, what's our responsibility as citizens? Right. You know, because when you have people standing in line to buy medicine that they can't afford and have to turn around and leave because right. they can't afford the very thing that's going to make them well. Right. You know, that, that's a hard situation. And then yet we enjoy things like social security and public yep. school. Those are <coughs> right. kind of fall into that category, at least my understanding of it is. Right. And this is where there is a, a divide in a country like in our mm-hmm. country about what should the government provide? What should they hand out? Should they hand out 
drugs? Should they hand out? Well, and even from a global standpoint, like the conversation today is about mm-hmm. gas prices, right? And <laughs> yes, like, it is. <laughs> our gas prices are high because we're sanctioning Russia, right? right? Yeah. And people are saying, don't buy gas from these gas stations that get their gas from Russia. But then the, the prices go high and it's yeah. inconveniencing people here. Big time. When a minor inconvenience for us to give a little extra for yeah. gas yeah. for a short time might help some people live in right. Ukraine. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a global interconnected. Yeah. 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 But again, we, we, this is the struggle. The struggle is how mm-hmm. does, how does the idea of the principle of watching out for the people who are in need around us, um, play into our, our understanding of the, what I would say is the upside down kingdom. We are mm-hmm. invited into something different. We as Christians are yeah. invited in and it, and it's not, and we do the job of, of separating government from religion and we do the job of separating economics from it. I don't know if it's possible to completely separate all of those things out. One of the things that um, strikes me as we're listening to this is how often we turn it into isms, mm-hmm. one ism versus another ism. Or mm-hmm. a political hot conversation. Totally. And yeah. that's not at all what this is. What this is, is how should the community of God, whether it's three people or 30 or 300 or 3,000, yeah. arrange themselves in social relationships so that the people who are in most need are taken care of. Right. That's the point. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether you think capitalism... To get hung up on those debates is to miss mm-hmm. yep. the force of this teaching, which is as a part of a community of faith, and however many people that is for us, yeah. what is it that we do to care for the poor among us? That's yeah. the issue. Whatever system we put in... And it actually goes beyond money. Absolutely. I mean, economics affects more than just the money Come you on, have or Zeus. don't have. Come on, Suze. Right. Right. I mean, Poor. we're also talking about mental health and emotional health yeah. and spiritual well-being Poor was and not healing an in, in our time and place, yeah. you know? Yep. Yeah. So, so as we walk this path of sorting out the Sermon on the Mount, and also, and, and I would, and if you're listening to this and you're going, wait a minute, it, a lot of these passages are found in Deuteronomy and in in Exodus and so forth, where they explain um, these different economic In laws. great detail. In great detail. Um, <laughs> but with that, I, I want to invite you into the idea of when you understand these principles that were supposed to be enacted within the, to make the nation Israel stand out, and Jesus starts talking to people about money, he's, he's speaking into this idea of, you're just not practicing what you're supposed to do. And so it, it, it brings to light generosity. It brings to light a lot of the things that I think we misunderstand as maybe even money issues when really what they are are sabbatical and jubilee issues. Hmm. All that to say, um, as we progress through this series and we do more conversations around what it means to live in the up, upside-down kingdom, and, and the king, as the kingdom draws close and you're invited to live in that way... Um, Hopefully, what you'll engage with is, I, I'm going to stop building my own kingdom, and I'm going to join Jesus in his. So thanks for joining us today. I hope these, these ideas and principles will help you sort out a little bit more of what we're talking about over these next few weeks. Have a great one.
If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love it if you would share a screenshot of this episode to your Instagram story and tag us at journey underscore TN. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app.